I'm not sure. I guess. Is this working? <laughs> our intro. That's like our theme song. Is this working? Is this working? Test, test. One, two, three. Go. Yes, that's right. We are here uh, for another edition of Deep Space Nine at Nine-ish. I'm your host, Jeff Mater, coming to you live, talking about season two, episode 15, Paradise. It is over and has been since 1994. But yeah. we are just getting started. Uh, I'm here with co-hosts Dave Mater on my uh, bottom right. And we also have on uh, the bottom hey. left, uh, uh, Jamil Robinson here to talk about all things Paradise. Um, what's it like to be in a cult? What I'm do you to watch? <laughs> you know, that's basically what we're here to talk about tonight. Um, first thoughts on this episode i mean uh i immediately thought actually when i was watching the episode guys was you know the movie i forget what's called but it's um with vigo morganson and he, his family is like lives out in the woods and they're like off the grid and um i forget what it's called here i'll look at the history of violence no 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 it's a it's a different movie is it bad oh, that wow. i first thought hidalgo which has nothing to do with what you just said I first no, no, bought no. Ghostbusters 3 because when you say Vigo, I still think, look, he is Vigo. Vigo. He is Vigo. That was pretty good. Uh, I forget what, what it's John's, called. But anyway. John's here watching along. He says, I work at imaginability. I don't know what what uh, what that is. Do you guys? Sorry? Imagine. He works He works in imaginability? Well, that's I don't know what that is, but that's cool. Anyway, there's an episode where Viggo Morganson and his, and he basically takes his family out into the woods and they live off the grid and it's like this whole like we we're we're gonna go live without technology and without anything and just be kind of and it also like made me think about the Amish and how they just choose to live in um, a less than um, you know advanced society. They just want to be simple or the village find themselves. Or the village, maybe, or yeah, you could go with that. Um, Spoilers, yeah, folks. <laughs> that's more the cult um, era of this episode, and uh, and so, Jamil, like, what did you get out of this episode? What did it tell you about cults? Do you want to <laughs> join one? That's kind of what I got out of the end. They're like, hey, you should stay in the cult. You know, so, I was like, what? <laughs> so, I I remember loving this episode, and rewatching it, I was like why like it's not a bad episode per se it's just that I, I in my mind i thought this was like this epic episode and just watching it now i'm just like it's kind of short and you kind of see it's like paint by numbers you kind of see where everything's gonna lead up to and what the end result was um part of that is because i kind of know how it plays off already but like i'm like oh yeah I, I can see exactly what this episode is. Like, they do not, like, kind of hide who the protagonist is. Sorry, the antagonist in this episode at all. It is like, here's the antagonist. Like, doot, doot, doot. it was pretty, like, self-evident. Um, but still, you know, as an episode, what it's trying to say, um, it does say it. So I have to give it points for that. Okay, and Dave... What did, what did you make out of this episode? What kind of were the themes that kind of run through your head? What did it remind you of? And um, do you like this episode? Do, 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 would you watch it again? 
Um, I think that after tonight, this I don't need to revisit this uh, for a while, but um, I, much like Jamil said, like I remember this being stronger, and I think it is strong in some ways, but it, it also it's not good because uh, I think that the whole Kira Dax uh, B line, if you will, is really weak. Um, it, it, it is not well done. I think that uh, that what really holds this episode together is some great performances from Avery Brooks and this guest star who plays Alex, Alex, Alexis. Is that her name? Gail. No, uh, uh, her name is Alexis. Yeah, Alexis. Alexis right. Like the the the, the antagonist. Yeah. Right. The leader of this. It's colony. spelled very weirdly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a played by Gail. Play by Gail Strickland. Yes. Yeah, I think that they're both really good in this episode. I think uh, that that uh, there's some good themes here and that still hold up. But um, yeah, like overall, it's it's not as good as I thought it was. I think that the son is really weak as an actor. <laughs> like when it plays Alexis's son, you could have uh, got any yeah. dumb guy for. Yeah. He, he, he could have just grunted. Did he talk? No, he did talk. That's he a lie, but he was not. How uh, dare you talk that way about Steven? My precious Steven. You're He's tough. Steven. Don't mess with us. You're going to have he to can, deal with uh, he, He'll fire a bow and arrow. He tried to flat out murder O'Brien. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. it was. Uh, okay. For um, a hunter, he's pretty dumb, though. <laughs> Uh, John here is saying he's a Star Trek online guy. So am I, Steve or John? Uh, I got a ship. Check it out. Commonwealth to come. You and, should um, make or, sure that you, you should be streaming your your play. You know, let people experience the awesomeness that you. I should do up. like a podcast, like a live feed one night where I actually show yeah, everything. Take you to take it to uh, um, what do you call it? To rise. rise. Yeah, rise up. Guess Shock what? Launch today in Star Trek Online. It, it's Q's Winter Wonderland. Ooh. And so there's all kinds of crazy things going on, like Klingon ice fishing. There's you gotta fight all like these snowmen who are trying to invade the Winterland, but they've all been they're like they're they're Borg snowmen, right? And they say um I, I, isolation is uh, or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. Check it out. Sounds sounds like a tremendous waste of time. <laughs> um we're in the middle of a pandemic. In a pandemic, there are worse ways a to perfect speak. waste of time. It sounds just right on key and safe. Yeah. That's what I said. Tremendous waste of time. Um, okay, so but this episode, actually, I do feel like yes, the girl, the lady that plays Alexis, uh, gives a great performance as a villain. Um, yeah, the Steven guy didn't even need to be in the episode. I don't know what, what that's <gasps> about. Um, you know, that could have been cut completely for the episode. Nobody would have cared. Uh, the the scenes with um, Cisco, where he he sends the the Asian girl like into like have sex with him, and, and he's like, "Hey, like, did you send you love? in here? Yeah, yeah. Did, no. Did you did she send you here to make love to me? <laughs> <laughs> he says it so tenderly. He does. He says it. He just only like, makes love. He has been Cisco, man. Yeah, yeah. He's like, did <laughs> did she send you here to make love to me? Like he says, it's so slow and like subtle. Yeah. Oh my gosh! What was her name? Her name uh, was uh, Cassandra. Cassandra. Yeah, um, yes. This is where I would go into my like Wayne's World, um, you know, Cassandra line Swing. sequences. Swing. She's uh, Abraham yeah. Lincoln. What's in the box, Jeff? <laughs> What's in the oh. box? <laughs> 
Also, like how? Okay, explain this to me, Dave. Okay, two things. One, why are they? They're in the Alpha Quadrant. They are not in the Gamma Quadrant. They're Correct. in the Aurelia system. Yeah. And then they're like, they find this planet, and they're like, there's people down there, and they're like, oh, like well, there's no record of a colony here, and it's just like, oh yeah, ten years ago. So the, you're telling me for ten years nobody ever went by this planet and was like, hey, what's this all about? Apparently, you no. Know, that's-, so. that's what we're led to believe here is that space is a big place, and um, that you know, they, they, I guess there are there are sort of the off the beaten path planets and systems away from the Federation's. Yeah, they were looking for a place to possibly set up a colony colony there, so they're like, oh, this planet's. We're going to this place that no one usually goes um, by this star. Hey, there's a couple of planets we should look into. Let's look at this one. Like that was the reasoning for it. Like, what were they setting setting a colony up for? <laughs> Probably the people from um, Sanctuary. Yeah. <laughs> they need a new place. They messed up their the last one. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. know. There's always call. There's always colonists everywhere you look in Star Trek. There's people setting up colonies on planets. Like there's there's all these nice planets, and they're always setting up. I'm like, where? What's wrong with Earth? Why'd you? Or is it just getting overcrowded, and you're leaving for those reasons? And, or and how, yeah, and how many planets have no like indigenous populations? They're just like free planets to and, like go just you know. And then you want to write. You can create as many as you want to write them into the story because that's the fun part. Like, you know, there's no limits to it. There are Star Trek set up sort of for limitless number of worlds you can sort of throw in there, um, which it makes it fun, but also sort of it's hard to kind of grasp the, the universe. Like, I think that like Star Wars has more of a cohesive sense of like, this is the galaxy and this is their like, these are all the races and where they I, I think they're starting to at least build that out more. Uh, in their lore, Star Trek has some catching up to do in short in world building because I think post Game of Thrones, I think that that audiences want that more. You know, I think they they want to have a more of a sense of this is the world my characters live in and how do I sort of um, uh, think well, well not to turn this into a disco conversation, but isn't disco kind of doing that this year where you know they're like okay we reset things and then we're establishing a new status quo and what you thought you know you didn't know and every place they go is distinct and different and has its own kind of like culture and and it's like everything yeah, I, is I, new I, again and it is, that, they're not yeah. going back to the same place so they are doing world building and it's kind of hard to do world building in a, a, a series that is uh, like in the past so because things can evolve and such right. um, as opposed to if it's in the past it's like well we have set points we know that anything that happens it has to get to this point um, so like moving in the future is like the best decision that show ever did uh, regardless um, with like setting up new colonies it like requires a lot of person power like and and sacrifice like I assume that it's very rare for people to do that especially like federation sanctioned ones because basically that's what they're doing although in hindsight why would you have the commander and the the station chief be doing that type of like mission wouldn't yeah. you like have hey, your so science officer go out and look for uh, or send starships don't you have ships to do this kind of stuff 
Like, hey, Cisco, why don't you and O'Brien go out there by yourselves, even though you have like many crew, you could you could bring backup with you because what are these people busy? They're doing something better. Like, you know, bring them along uh, and check out um, check out if there's any colonies we can put people on. For what they don't say, maybe there's a refugee crisis, something. There's some some reason they need to find a planet nearby they can put people on. But with the size of Starfleet, you think that 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 this would be. Uh, or the perceived size of the fleet, uh, I guess, in my mind, which is almost limitless. I, I, I estimate hundreds of ships, thousands of ships. I don't know. Well, there has uh, to be hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of ships, because there's like hundreds of worlds that have their own individuals that are representing Starfleet. Like right, and each of those planets have billions of of people, right? Yeah. So presumably, there's just there's a lot there's a lot going on. But like, so anyway, yes, you're right. I believe Star Trek Discovery is doing a great job of resetting things, building the world out. But at this time in Star Trek, in like this 2370s era, this next gen era, um, it just seems like I don't know, like it it's space is so big you you can't even possibly. Um, yeah comprehend like comprehend the how yeah. how you could get, you could lose like this this ship of people these 24 people for 10 years no one came looking for them either and they just survived on this planet and that was that um yeah for sure uh also this episode i felt like really featured like the runabouts almost as a character did you guys feel that like the you know the whole scene where like the runabouts like yeah. go, you know ghosting you know go at warp and they have to track their beam it and just it was runabout like it it was just runabouts everywhere and i was just like this is the episode i think they decided we got to do to the fight it, this is you the know? this is the toy selling episode this is a toy selling episode good they point prom- i was like why prom- are they doing this but yeah. why are they trying to sell the runabout to us you know at this still um these are what some of the episodes where they're like, oh, this is a great scene where we can kind of heavily feature the runabouts. Um, you know, that gives them the okay for the 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 budget because typically what what, what other options do they have to slow down that runabout? Right? Um, couldn't they like there's no way they can connect their computers, like override the systems to shut it down? Okay, yeah. Okay. Biggest, biggest pet peeve in this episode for me, I'm with you, Jamil, is like this whole this whole storyline with, with Kira and Dax is bad, right? Because they have to go looking for Cisco and O'Brien since they're missing. And so they 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 go, Oh, a Romulan ship spotted the runabout. So we say run I I will do a count but how many times they say it in the in the in the script, but it's a lot. And so they go to look for the runabout and they find it, but it's like okay, now we have to lasso, we have to rope. She says we have to rope the runabout. I learned an old thing on Earth. I'm like, who wrote this fuck? This <laughs> terrible. We terrible. should we should do it. We should do this episode for radio theater. But instead of runabout, you have to say a different word, like a dirty word, like penis or something. You know, <laughs> she's like, I gotta wrap that. <laughs> you know, like that'd be hilarious. But, like the, the character writing for this is like, well, we're showing that Dax is sexually adventurous and she hit Earth, so mm-hmm. obviously she did like a. a a cowboy uh, role play type of thing where she learned how to lasso, which we never see that skill ever used ever at all. So they just no. wrote it in. Like this is like seriously looking at Dax as a character two season. It's like, man, I want to build this hot chick that just like screws dudes and like just talks like cracking wise about all the stuff she does in bed. That's basically her character outside of some like 
actually like impactful emotional moments. Right. right. That, well, that's I her. I, my interpretation of this whole scene tonight, the whole rope lasso episode, because it doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense that that they can't remotely tell that runabout to do like to shut down. So the only logical explanation is they can do that. Dax is the only one who knows this. Kira, as a Bajoran national, doesn't he's not as familiar with the Starfleet maybe uh, technology, and uh, therefore uh, Dax is fucking with her. Like she's like, no, we have to let through this runabout, and, and you know, and uh, might kill us, and we have to pray that the people that manufactured these runabouts did a good job. <laughs> if they had a bad day, it's going to be a bad day for you and me, Kira. And then she knew actually that was all lies. She knew that like the ships would be fine. Like if that was your option, why would you do that option? Why would you? Well, you know, to stop this runabout, we might destroy both ships with us on it. It's like that's a word. You might as well just like shoot the nacelles off of the runabout, right? And then like when it's adrift, just drag it back where you need to go. Like if that's the only option. What was wrong with Kira's original plan? Kira's Kira's original plan is we're going I'm gonna just gonna we're gonna go up the next next to it. We're gonna match speed and I'm gonna beam over. And Dax yeah. says like hell you will. Is that dangerous? Um I, I mean apparently not not in the Star Trek reboot movie where they explain the <laughs> they get trans war yeah in the reboot movies they transwarp across the galaxy but it yeah. or it's uh, but at this time, like I, I, I always got the impression if two ships are kind of going at the same speed at warp, it's, it's maybe a little tricky to transport. But it's like O'Brien oh, no, in the, in the first reboot movie, they there's a big deal made about uh, beaming to another ship while it's at warp, and that's because like uh, Spock says, well, because you haven't invented that that theory yet, so that set means that Scott. I uh, I don't know where he's going exactly. I don't know if I agree with No, him. he's he's so basically he saying that it was it's invented eventually in in modern Star Trek times. That's what the reference is. Yeah. Right? Um yeah. yes. It, it you know what? It isn't the worst decision, but like okay, let's let's take a step back further. How was that runabout sent away? Because I'm pretty sure Miss Techno uh, Technology, anti technology, is not beaming aboard a spaceship, setting a course, and then beaming really? back. She must have. That's the only explanation, no, too. She, 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 she must have. And she had to have had a transporter somewhere nearby that she could she, get up to the ship. She used the transport, the what's it called the anti blah 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 anti EMS uh, machine, the anti technology thing she had. Yeah. Had, in the to. Dirt. had to. There's no other explanation. But she how would that? How would that? Away. How could she remotely take over the runabout? Like how she? How could she even do anything to the runabout? I don't understand. Like how she? How this plot unfolded? How they she totally bypassed. They absolutely. I don't bypassed. think it's necessarily. I don't think it's necessarily important. I don't think. I think the whole point of the was to have a cool set piece with the runabouts. Have Dax and Kira have something to do, uh, while uh, Cisco and O'Brien are in Cultville. Uh, you know, so they, they just needed like, like just watching the whole episode. I'm just like, okay, once Kara and Dax figure out this problem, that's when Cisco and O'Brien are going to figure out the cult thing problem, and it's all going to culminate at once. That's exactly what happened. Uh, and I was just like, okay, yeah, <laughs> she, she, no, she has to have some kind of technology that she's using. How else are they going to like track O'Brien and Cisco as they transport to? you know, 
to the village or out, the outskirts of the village. If they're mm-hmm. working all the time, maybe one person sh- would be hunting. Like right. there was a bunch of people. They like quartered right. him. If, if they had destroyed um, that runabout, they may never have found Cisco and O'Brien because they wouldn't have know, known, like you know, the reverse course to return. You know, they wouldn't know where the ship came from, would they? To me, this is maybe the not. weakest part of the story. So you have a, the the A storyline talking about um, man's reliance on technology, and then of course, Kira and like Dax don't use like proper deduction. They're like, oh, oh, um, someone told us, so we found it. So we're just going to use the sensors and backtrack. There's no kind of deductive. If there was like a mystery type of thing and they use ingenuity to kind of find the planet, that would be at least a more interesting kind of B storyline that kind of mirrors the A storyline to say that, yes, um, we can understand the what's the name, Alexa's point of view, but uh, modern man has adapted to work hand in hand with technology, right? Um, maybe they felt that this wasn't the episode to kind of present that idea, but still. I think in some ways, yes, like it's saying that humans at their core and we are not meant to have technology. You know, we are we are animals. We are that is not our normal environment naturally. But we have created that environment to help us, you know, uh, you know, prosper and, and become evolved, right? Live long. So yeah, exactly. Live long and prosper. Um, but where, where you know, but if you go back to the roots, you might find happiness. And I think that's what this episode is trying to say is, you know, but and then people can convince you of that as well. And then you can kind of get in, you know, indoctrinated into this idea of, you know, purity and a pure life and clean yeah. life and all Screw that. Screw these stuff. people, Jeff. OK, I've I've had it with the, with with the Alexis cult. I with these by the end of this episode when these when all of them, all of them decide to stay, like no, I don't we, think whatever Alexis did, think, we forgive her and we she did show us a way. I'm like screw you. She got people killed uh, by diseases that they died of, not but like no. they they would not have died of. So she marooned them on this planet on purpose. She's a psychopath. They're crazy for not being even upset with her. Clearly they I know. were. So, you know, and um, and I, I I couldn't those children, right? Who are like they're they wanted to go. They didn't want to stay. They they right. were looking. Like, yeah, no one no one went for them. Um, you know, I I feel why like didn't Cisco, why didn't Cisco and O'Brien ask everybody other than the one guy who was like, hey, we like it here or whatever? Why do you know they just took that guy's word for every single other person and that might have felt um, scared to have. To have left, you know, uh, they they should have went to every single person asked, "Do you want to leave?" But O'Brien was more like, "Hey, anybody, everybody want to get on the bus? Come aboard!" And then the one guy was like, "Hey, no, nobody wants to get on your bus." And then I think people want to get on the bus too, Dave. Like the ending shot is two children kind of going like looking at the cup on the. I know. Uh, uh, you know, they're kind of going, "Well, I kind of don't like it here. It kind of sucks." Do they? Are they just like? Are they really like making their own clothes and? Make you these interesting necklines, especially uh, this guy with the hat. Uh, is, <laughs> I don't know what exactly this this neckline is is for him, but um, yeah, like in dying of like mosquito bites, uh, you know, because we oh we haven't found the root we need yet. Or they love their are they seduced by their their uh, their barbaric justice system, Jeff? 
and uh, you know, they just like you know what? If someone steals, throw them in the box. If someone doesn't listen to the boss, throw them in the box. Uh, this is this was this is a pretty like right. horrific right. thing even to depict in uh, uh, like sort of a family show of the nineties. At the same time, right. why was O'Brien working on thing during work hours? Doesn't he have a free afternoon, like free evening, a free night where he could have done it and not like stepped on people's toes? I don't know. It was seems like Alexis ran a pretty like a, like she ran a. Yeah, like you had stuff to do all the time. If you were wasting your time figuring out stuff, that was time you could have been farming and doing doing things like um, work in the field, whatever, whatever their chores were. You know, you think that these super nice clothes weaved themselves? No, mm-hmm. no, they had to be <laughs> made. These hats had to be made. Like she's like, I have to make my dress longer. Like at first, when O'Brien and Cisco show up, she's like two men like, oh, oh, like, oh salivating like rubbing our hands together oh yeah let's get that let's get these two guys out there and and we're yeah. gonna be eating yeah. good she's like she's like i'll throw him food i'll throw him some pussy i'll throw him whatever he needs you know uh um, uh, give him some nice clothes like they didn't see, like <laughs> i don't think that that it's so dire and why did she pick this planet that they have winters on Right, like you could have picked a planet or a place on the planet that just has summer all the time. You wouldn't have to. You could still have your paradise. I guess it kind of hit that like isolation point that she was looking for. I guess, or or she wanted a certain level of hardship, right, for her whole scheme. People had like people had to work for their dinner and all these things, right? Like like O'Brien and Cisco are put to work pretty much in the moment they show up. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on. Let me. I'm um, something come to me. Why did Cisco and O'Brien take them off the planet. Why did didn't they? Why did, why did they? They shouldn't take them off the planet. They should be punished on the planet. They have set up a new society, right? Prime Director says that they should be leaving these people. They are not a part of Starfleet, right? They should be left on that planet, and they should be punished for what they've done, right? At the same time, this falls into like Alexis' hands because Alexis, sorry. Because she's going to go back. They're going to make a big spectacle of what she did. She's going to promote her books. Right? It's the worst thing. Uh, did you get that? Jeff? Can't hear you. Nope. Can't hear you. Uh, Alexis is a psycho. She is, and I, 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 yeah, I can hear you now. Can you hear me though? No, but um, moving on to the, this cult. Okay, I have a question about um, Lexus and the dampening field that O'Brien eventually discovers. Um, what took so? Yeah, what took so long? I mean, really, I mean that that seemed to be a while. Uh, like you said. She, he needed the time to build the um, the compass. That's why. Uh, it seemed like she ran. A... You're breaking up, Jeff. He needed he needed to build a compass. That was the issue. And you guys it can't. Was... Hear 
I can hear you. I okay. just Jeff's Jeff. I like so. I think I think the audience can't hear both of us too. Uh, there, Jeff sometimes lags. There he goes. He's sort of. Are you back? Okay. He needed time away to build the compass, right? And oh, I like, like being like watch constantly he couldn't actually go ahead and build it because you need the water you need to get the rocks and make sure that they're magnetized and then you have the sliver that you put in the leaf that's supposedly you build a compass if i remember all the um elementary school and the shows that showed people how to make compasses on leaves right so uh nice nice cup that he had the cup bowl yeah but like okay that's how you that was like no no tricorders work best thing you can do is make a compass and then the compass will lead you to the thing the nonom it was a mononic field or the deuton teutonic fields yeah whatever it was yeah Yeah. the thing they couldn't figure out right that all these people for 10 years you know like maybe they eventually became indoctrinated but like how fast did it happen like they must have tried to that other engineer just kind of he, he's like, I'm the last person. Like, what were you doing? Like, how, how can we be sure that Alexis didn't actually kill off the people who died, right? Who maybe were threats to her. We can't be sure, mm-hmm. right? Um, we saw that the, she was willing to kill O'Brien, or at least her son was. Yeah. Uh, he took a full-on well, shot with that bow and arrow. Well... Think about it for Meg. Meg was the one that died in the, during the episode. Yeah. With Meg constantly like on the brink of death, right? O'Brien and Cisco had motivation to try to get to the runabout so that they can, you know, save her life. And it would always, if there was prolonged suffering, then possibly the townspeople would be like, hey, maybe we should help them if there's a, a slight possibility of saving Meg. By killing Meg, it kind of ends the subject right then and there and takes the 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 dire need to get back to the run amount and kind of resets things to you guys just came to our planet you're not following our rules right um i jeff i keep trying to add him back in oh did you look at the cast list why, yes. Why? Is there, um, is there is there someone from a show that you like that um, uh, was uh, uh, one of the guest stars in this episode? Who do we got? We have Gail Strickland as Alexis. We have Eric Weiss as Stephen, the son. We have Michael Buckham Silver as Vinod. Who's that? Isn't Vinod the son? The other oh, gentleman. The son. No, wait, then who's Stephen? Stephen's the engineer. Oh, no, no, St- Stevens the the criminal. Oh yeah, Stevens the criminal who stole a candle. It's the candle thief. Uh, and then we have Joseph Steven the- Vinovich. Who's the engineer? I guess. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I don't know this guy. Um... I believe there's a Babylon Five connection. Babylon Five. Who was he on Battle of Five? Sorry, I, uh, da, 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 da. I'm looking up his filmography. It's one of the women. I think it might be Cassandra, possibly. Oh, should I know her? 
Julian Nixon. Okay, who's Julian Nixon? Julian Nixon from Next Gen. She played uh, Lieutenant Tasu. Yep. Uh-huh. She was in Sidekicks with Chuck Norris. Is Jeff coming back? I don't know. He's talking about this one here. Her? I think so. You're showing me a picture. We t- we talked about this. Julian Nixon. Uh, I was okay. distinctly under the impression that someone from this episode was on Babylon 5. I was under the distinct impression they weren't. Uh, I, I, I haven't seen any. I didn't see any Babylon 5 connections tonight. I, uh, I'm i always on the lookout for them, Jamil. So, uh, You're like, oh, there, there you go. Oh, maybe it's just my mind playing tricks on no, me. No, I don't think. Well, maybe they guest starred uh, on Babylon Five, and I don't remember, but it's not coming up on any of the stuff I'm, I'm looking up here. So, so I can't, I, I can't, I can't corroborate that. I'll look for it and let you know. Um, oh yeah, I. I Seems to be better. Be back. You know what? Welcome back. He's using. Google Chrome, and I think it might be the browser more than anything. Because now I'm on Microsoft Edge, and it works. Well, see if this works. I'm on Chrome, but I don't know if you heard my theory, though, Jeff. Did you hear my theory? No. What did you say? That they killed Meg. They killed who? Meg, the the woman that died. Dies from the mosquito bite. Yeah, I think they killed her. Um, Alexis. Yeah, that, that's why they arrested her and Stephen, right? No, like she purposely killed them to eliminate the possibility or the desire for Cisco and O'Brien to get to the runabout by the townspeople because they would want Meg to get better, regardless. Right. Yeah. Right. That's, and my that's why they said. That's why they say, "Would you have done this to your own son?" And she says, "Yes." Well, yeah. She would have let. Yeah, she would have let her own son die, rather than get help and expose them to technology. Which, like, stupid. Yeah. They're so indoctrinated that, like, of course that's going to be the answer, right? These people suck. <laughs> they all suck. Um, they, uh, they, 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 the fact that look at them, they're all just like, hmm, we don't like you because you like tricorders and what was the direct, what was the direction on the set that day where they're like, look as pissed off and arrogant as you can, you know, like they're just like, what? They're just like, it doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't you want replicators? And like, like these are human humanity solve things like poverty and disease and suffering and these people want more of it like okay i guess like i okay i can i hear where you're going with this but i disagree i can totally understand someone wanting to you know be closer to nature and the earth and and wanting to you know disconnect per se i can absolutely understand that right but at the same time, like, why no safety net? There's no problem having a safety net, right? You can still solve all of your problems, but you're not going to kill anyone or have anyone die on you. 
But they did. They said, well, we maybe we'll leave the thing on. But that's Alexis's like stupid mindset that she poisoned the population with, where she's like, it's all or nothing when it doesn't have to be the case. Right. Oh, just it 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 just seems like it's it's like going too far. It's just going it's too going far. way too far. Like, of course, like I would be like I I don't buy that none of them would be mad. I after ten years that not if I had spent ten years living under this crazy woman who doesn't let you have doors even in her little crazy community. Like you, because uh, you, you, there's no knocking, there's no privacy. You have you're 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 put to work. I would first of all, I wouldn't even live in her little society thing. <laughs> like I'm gonna go live on my own. I would definitely live on my own. I might come to trade with them or something, maybe sometimes. But screw it, like I would not live under this. And so, and spe- and if I did, if I somehow found myself, I was, but where I'm gonna get thrown out a box in like this heat box if I. If I if I look the wrong way or if I don't go along with what uh, the crazy woman says, uh, then then uh, then screw them and 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 uh, th- they have no credibility. Their whole society to me has no credibility because yeah okay I get like oh I want to be one with nature. Not that you're getting people killed because you got all these diseases and different things. When you all you would have to do is have some like hypo sprays on on standby. Um, Jeff's coming back. Here. So, I, I just the whole the whole the whole society thing just kind of just has me thrown for a loop. It just seems like why, why? I don't know. Okay, so with that type of. Uh, let's go to uh, was it Enod or Vinod's um, bow and arrow? Yeah. What animal that you have to build a fence to protect your uh, protect the people is getting killed by that crappy bow and arrow? Um. Because the way he was shooting, I don't think he's going to kill a wolf. A wolves, a pack of wolves. Right. But again, like this is a society that no longer hunts animals or or farms animals, right? For uh, for food, and she's saying no, that's actually the better way. Did they specifically say that they don't farm? I mean, they don't have any animals. They don't enslave. Well, it's a line Riker has in like a season one TNG episode. He's like, we no longer enslave animals for uh, food purposes. Now we see plenty of examples in Star Trek where they will hunt and eat meat mm-hmm. um, as a survival thing, and so from that standpoint. But again, Alexis planned this out, right? She pl- she picked the planet, the place, the conditions that this crazy uh, experiment she wanted to do uh, played out, right? She picked a place where there would be insects and diseases that would have no cures that would have harsh winters and people would die of exposure that you know that that uh, would have animals to your point that could somehow invade their home but were Dust. somehow uh you were able capable yeah hey uh killing them with a bow and arrow so where were the traps like yeah, there were, like ten years. Uh, that's pretty pathetic. What they had for ten years. Ten years, right? and I, I can't have a hamburger because a sis wants um 
to be the salt of the earth and I have to have like mangoes and fruits only like and vegetables. Nah, man, she's not going to Starfleet. She's, she's going to pay here on this planet. Well, imagine like, you know, it's like Lost, right? Or Gilligan's Island or whatever allegory you want to use. And like, you go, oh, right. well, I put us, I, I shipwrecked us here on purpose. You'd be like, fuck you, you know? Like, <laughs> that you took away choice. You took away years, freedom, right? And even if it worked out, it's not okay. Cassandra's like, look, Cisco's been the, the, the first dude that I could possibly like get with. And you're telling me that I could have been like, hidden like hidden different types right like because it for the most part it looks like everyone's kind of paired up ex except steven and um cassandra right in the main cast um steven ain't it he ain't it he ain't all that in a bag of potato chips he ain't it so cassandra's like looking at cisco cisco has his at that time he had his jacket off and he was like you know showing the buys you know the 24 inch pythons, right? You had to yeah, sweat. I, you had to demand to sweat for being in the fields working. Right? Anytime, anytime Cisco is in that like sweat gear, like, you know, like where like he, where he's about to go to bed or he's like about to go to the gym, he's like going to have some sort of like sexy encounter. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my ship is called D Space Nine, and I'll show you why. But first, let me get into a skin type purple outfit with no sleeves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Jeff, I don't uh, like these people. I didn't like these people in the colony. I don't, I don't like their, their society. I don't like their I like their ideals. I don't like that any of them didn't choose to leave. How many uh, cults do you like? I don't like zero. I'm an <laughs> generally speaking. So, yeah. Exactly. So you're not a cult kind of guy, but if you were in a cult, <laughs> if I was, you might have a different, one? This you might have a different feeling toward the episode. You, you know, or if you were in a cult, he would be know? brainwashed. Would if be I brainwashed. if I was a victim of brainwashing, I might. Be, I I think it might be quite the opposite. I think I would feel much harsher against this episode. Uh, although maybe my level of understanding would be would be. Uh, Better, right? Right. Well, I don't think we're gonna like it. They take it on the chin pretty quickly. Like, oh, well. or did she write? Like, or did she? Did she sort of? Who, I don't know how they all ended up on this ship together. Or did she sort of pick people that she knew she could manipulate too? They were going somewhere. They were going. Somewhere. No, it was a mis it was an accident, wasn't it? When they crashed, no, it was, it was an intention. She intentionally did it. She, to oh. them, it was an accident. I didn't know that part. The ship started functioning, right? But she planned it. She right. planned it. She's a she bitch. son. Yeah, she's completely she's completely villainous. Now her son, how ten years ago, how old would he have been? Yeah, how old is he in this episode? You think? I think he's like twenty five. So he's probably fifteen. Okay, yeah, so he, well, that's his um, that's his uh, IQ. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He might be like twenty three. Might have been like thirteen. You know. Right. So depending on how old he was, he he's a victim as much as anything. Because but he seems to be her. Uh, most devout uh, disciple here, right? And the rest of these people, well, they're, like, the, they're the yeah, but they're at the top of the food chain, right? Like I think that that's okay. When when they find like Cisco's like we're taking you away, you gotta you're gonna have to answer for these things. Um, yeah. I think that the reason Stephen is just like no, now I'm in charge. I've been waiting for my moment for her to be out of the way and for the son. He was like third in line, and he's like, 
I feel like the rest of them were just like, I guess, yeah, maybe we'll like life under Steven more because I get it that they, if they want to stay there as their home, that's fine. It's more this idea that they, they all want to stay. It's like 24 people, right? Like it's not even enough gene pool to like start a whole new society there. Like it's, um, and you'd want to open communication just in case, again, someone gets sick or you need to, you have an emergency. I like the one yeah. moment when uh, Alexis is you, Rob, or whatever the guy's name was. And she, he's like, you would be dead. You were or imprisoned, you know? <laughs> Steven. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I Steven, refuse yeah. to believe that there's not some planet in the Federation that's like not off the beaten path. If you want to go live with nature, you can. If you want to live replicator free or whatever, that's fine. Like we saw that Picard's brother is one of these people who doesn't eat replicated food. He's like, you know, he has a, he's more of a, a traditional guy. There are tons of these people even on Earth, let alone in the colonies. Um, but this whole idea of like anti-technology bugs me because I'm, I guess I'm, because I'm pro-technology. I think that these things do enhance things. I don't, I keep hearing this. Oh, there's something less about us because we've invented technology. Nonsense. It's, 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 it's an, it's a, these are incredible achievements and we should, that's progress. And we are, right, but that's a different question um, of whether or not you're happy or not. Lots of people are happier in Africa with, you know, no technology than people that have everything you know it's all it's it, to me it was more of a question about what what fulfills the human spirit um you know and what that's what was seductive about her her pitch and that's why people thought it was good regardless of her um you know they thought it was like a good way to live your life and fulfill your life uh whereas surrounded by technology and everything you're kind of just you have everything you want and everything you need uh, doesn't that's not really how humans were designed we were designed to like survive and create things and you know you know make houses and shelters and gather food um when you have all that provided to you that changes the human condition and some people would want to go back you know to the old condition if you want to live like this yeah like uh basic lifestyle i don't th i think you would be free to do it i don't think that what she's done here is even necessary in the in the world that they come from right like um and even when they when they when cisco and o'brien show up like they want to know what what happened with the soccer games right <laughs> like they they've not been like what's yeah. been going on with the celebrities or what's up with fashion or things like that like they they you know i think that uh there's obviously something they missed about it they're, they're, they they miss sort of being part of this bigger world. So it's just so odd to me that they reject that at the end. Like, no, we want to live out here isolated hermits. Uh, I, it's fine that this is now your home, but it's just weird to me that you don't want to be part of society. Well, he, he didn't say that, though. He said, we're going to think about it, and we might make some changes around here, and we might put the dampening field up. We might not. You know, that, that was basically what he said. So maybe... Yeah, Maybe, yeah, well, they, fine, but, those kids—they—they want—they—they they deserve choice too. Um, I don't know if you can choose that for your children. You know, uh, that's that—that's—that's that's right. But shouldn't they like? Hey, we should like elect a leader, or you know, let's figure out. I don't out know, what's and I don't even know because like, there's like what, a power vacuum. What is the what is right here too? Is this like is this a, are these still Federation citizens or are they not? Is this a unique society now that's separate and do they have inalienable rights uh, as a new society? 
uh, I don't really know. Like they don't, they can't, they don't have time to get into the ethics of all this stuff, but it does raise some interesting questions because it's kind of, to me, it's a critique of the, of modern society and of our daily comforts. And I get that there are people who are happy out there with a simpler lifestyle. I don't get it, but it's fine. Like you're entitled to it, but I just don't understand this sort of like mandating it because it's like that, that the opposite is somehow poison. It's sort of like the implication here well, like, that tricorders and replicators and computers and, Whatever. But Dave, there are societies today that do like that that live this way. Uh, the Amish live this way. The you know uh, the the Jews on the Sabbath they can't use technology. Uh, they can't even press a button like stuff like this. Like you know like the, the it's the, fine. It's fine. I it, it's not something I agree with. But they have of course they have the right to. It's it's but I don't like the implication that that the opposite is somehow bad. Well, do they ever say it's bad, or do they say um, it's it, it's it's not what is fulfilling these people? It's kind of what they're saying. Like these people would have been lost had they kept living their lives in the technology filled. They needed this retreat. It's almost like a we retreat. Don't know that she doesn't know that. Who knows? No, she's who crazy, right? Yeah, like, crazy. oh, oh what, uh, Cassandra, you would have been an office clerk. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows what the hell Cassandra's life would have been, right? And what kind of things she could have done, uh, or would still could do. But she's been convinced that no, her 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 main worth here is a, as a member of like this small community. And fair enough, if that's what she chooses to do now. But it doesn't make it. I does that. I feel like that. Like the whole them all choosing it at the end, unanimously, is sort of an indictment. Or is sort of saying that she's right. She was right. And I'm saying, first of all, you can't even say that. Like, I don't even think that's a fair, like, decision. I think that's the way the writers are going here. And I looked this up. This episode is like five writers. So I don't know if they had a plan here or not. Yeah, it's right, writer by committee, for sure. Right yeah. Now. But it's just, I feel like it's like, no, it's, it is better when you just live out here without toilets, without any kind of technology, without medicine, um, any kind of connection to society. Like, if well, they had medicine, but it was natural and herbal. What herbs they could found, and they they cured <laughs> leaves and leaves and fungi, hoping to draw out the infection. Fingers crossed. Yeah, like come on. Yes. No, of course, of course. There are things like medicine that definitely technology. I would think if you wanted to live this way, you would at least have like a Starfleet med kit would be helpful. Mm -hmm. You know, stuff like this. If you chose to live this way, it's kind of like people do this where they go and they live on an island by themselves, you know, for a month or whatever, or, or six months or, you know, but they, some people will take like a whole med kit or a satellite phone or just in case of emergencies. Like, I think if you want to go live this way, I think it's totally cool. Uh, just have those precautions. You know, I think it, what she was doing was reckless. Uh, for these people, right. if the, at least you had like uh, you know some sort of trading post where you could get medical supplies for the things you harvested, that would make more sense. And then and then the, the then the society could kind of flourish, and then people could move there and kind of be like, oh, I could live this way uh, instead of the hustle and bustle Starfleet world or you know space world. That's that is you know the Star Trek universe, right. It's fine if this is your philosophy and this is your chosen lifestyle. And I, I it's just, just weird to me that that this is something that they would have like that that it, it's so rare to them or so unique that now uh, they need to stay here. I'm sure they could have lived this way if they had chosen to anyway. 
Did right? what's like, her name live off the grid in um, Picard as well? Mm-hmm. Like right. there's plenty. You could go live off. You could. You the Federation and is is a world, a, a society where it's especially at this time now in Star Trek in the 24th century is the land of plenty, right? And so they have they have all they want, or you know, and you can kind of go anywhere. But anyway, um, I digress. Okay, so is do we want to go into some fun facts here, or have we hit a hat or fill here with Star Trek Paradise, Deep Space Nine? Uh, I think there's some. Not, I think all the other things, things I want to hit on, you'll probably hit on with the fun facts. So yeah. let's uh, let's go from there. Okay, uh, not to be confused with Paradise Lost, which will come up in season four. So this is just Paradise. On its own. Which was Paradise Lost? Is that the one? Is that the one with Cisco and the Klingons? Cisco's a um, a shapeshifter, I think, in that one. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, um, okay. So we bring them up here. Okay. So this is the first episode, guys, that we've covered so far that do not feature Doctor Bashir or Odo. Every other episode has had Doctor Bashir and Odo in it. They had no far. lines. They were they were not even mentioned, were they? They're not at all in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess there wasn't like they there was no time for them to be in this episode. Um, I thought it was weird that O'Brien was so was so much in this episode, considering last week was a an O'Brien focused episode. They easily could have put Bashir with Cisco on this mission, not O'Brien. You know, yeah, they could have picked it. Was it wouldn't really have mattered who they chose? They they like they could have put to your point, yeah, just uh, um, Bashir here. I think it's, it's fine that it's O'Brien, but I don't think he's great in this episode compared to Avery Brooks. I think he's kind of, yeah, not, not until he gets his phaser. He gets, um, well, <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna, st- I'm gonna go and help him, and he's like, no, no, don't. I feel like Avery, Avery, Avery Brooks in this episode is trying very hard, oh, yeah. And he's like trying to be very dramatic, and he's trying to like he's like doing like Russell Crowe did in Gladiator, where he's taking this garbage script, and he's just trying to squeeze out any ounce of performance he can to 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 grip you, and it falls flat because no one cares uh, about the episode. Like the storyline is not very good. It's not. He acts with his eyes. Come on. Yeah, but he's trying so hard. And Bless his soul. Okay. Uh, this episode sets up Jake's ongoing apprenticeship to O'Brien, which would become official in the next episode. Which <laughs> Okay, so we haven't touched on this yet, but was Jake, Jake going to go to Starfleet? Well, this is I, I think this is the first mention where I think um, Ben Sisko hints that he wants his son to follow in his footsteps. And I think that they knew... That that's they they were not going to do that with Jake. That they were going to have him have his own path. So that that's just I think it's just the beginning of where they they wanted this story to go, right? They're planting the seed here for the first time. Is Jeff frozen, possibly. Um, I did uh, I did chuckle when they're like, we need to get uh, Jake into um, another uniform, and I'm like, yeah, you do. None of this, you know. He's like five years old with his. He said he was grow. He was growing like a, a something or other. Um, 
New suit. Yeah, well, when Jake's ready for a new suit, too, the boy seems to grow a centimeter each week. You know, he, he struck me out with a curveball the other day for the first time. Let's see if Jeff comes back here. Yeah. No guarantees. Uh, next fun fact, uh, if there is one, uh, the colonists say they have not seen a Starfleet uniform in years. The style would have been the season one of TNG style at the time. Uh, that uh, with the it was like the no collar one with that line here, you know the one I mean, right? Yeah, Jeff, you're back. Yes, I'm back. Sorry. Uh, the... Okay, some of this episode was filmed in Griffith Park in Los Angeles. Mm. Oh, that's back. a famous Star Trek uh, look film in location. Okay. Uh, okay, I also read in another thing where it said Michael Pillar kind of came up with the idea for this episode and that his brother was in a cult. So he drew from that experience was very influenced about that for that, for this episode. So kind of like that was the whole Genesis of this episode. Okay. Uh, in just the previous episode, Cisco and crew were able to remote pilot a runabout from another runabout. But in this episode, Dax and Kira have to use a tractor beam, apparently a vain, very dangerous maneuver with no better option to pull the runabout, the runaway run a real grand. They literally did it in the episode before, and then they're like, no, we have to do it this way. It's like, huh? Okay. No, it made no sense. This is the first episode of the series, which, yeah, oh, sorry. Um, Ira Stephen Bear asked Hans Beimler and Richard Manning to join the writing staff of Star Trek 269 during the filming of this episode, but each declined. Beimler joined the crew a year later as a producer and a writer. So. Beimler, maybe he was very important. Jeff, going forward. Do you, do you have any fun facts about the uniforms? Yes, I do. So you know when they say like, "Hey, like your uniforms look different when they go to the planet." Yes. Well, that's because they 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 are used to seeing the Starfleet uniforms from ten years ago, which would have been the uniforms from Star Trek: The Next Generation season one and two. So yeah. when they have the stupid line on their their shoulder line or whatever. Yeah, that's what they're supposed to look like. Okay. But, but also in this episode, Jeff, Brian was talking about how he uh, had to fix that transporter um, when he was got to get off, you know, in the Cardassian Wars and uh, off yes, South yes, Korea, right. And so he's, and then he said he got the gold suit, right. So and he was made a tactical officer on the Rutledge, but then right. when he was in encounter at Farpoint, which would mm -hmm. be after that, he was wearing red again. But then he got transferred back into gold as transporter chief on the Enterprise. So just some some uniform based discussion. So so O'Brien he never wore green or blue, but he wore the other two colors a lot. Yeah. Um, okay. Not a uh, transporter. He didn't know a transporter from a replicator in those days. No, but he just made up. He just somehow knew how to fix something really, really complex out of just <laughs> pure inspiration and no, you don't have to work hard at all. You just have to be talented. That was like the point of his whole speech. It was so this weird. This was a guy who would one day teach engineering at Starfleet Academy. Yeah. Right. I, I doubt he told the students, hey, just wing it and if you have talent, you'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> if you deserve to live, you will. <laughs> if he dies, yeah. he dies. Yeah. That's how you move up the chain. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. So O'Brien mentions the starship Rutledge to Cisco in his anecdote about repairing a transporter during the war with the Cardassians. This is a reference to 
Star Trek TNG episode The Wounded, season four, episode 12, which uh, aired in 1991, where it is revealed that O'Brien served uh, aboard the Rutledge as tactical officer under Captain Benjamin Maxwell. Cardassian Wars. The registry number seen on Alexis's ground ship is BDR29, the same number as as that seen on the license plate of the Bluesmobile from the Blues Brothers, 1980. Okay, I, I got a question about registry numbers, Jeff. Well, they Ooh. mentioned the registry number of the Rio Grande in this episode, right? Um, which mm -hmm. was 72452, seven, right? But isn't the USS Voyager NCC 72456? But that's... Are they both NCC? Yeah, they're both NCC. Oh, uh, oh maybe they were made around the same time. No, no, it's it's seven four six five six. Yeah, that sounds right. Do you think that we've lost something, Jeff, since we went to a five-digit registry number? No. Okay. <laughs> that was pretty cut and dry. Uh, no, I don't think we lost. I think people are more likely to remember the four digit. I think that everyone knows NCC 1701. If you throw a letter on the end, it's okay. But when you when you go NCC and then you go to five digits, people go, ah, I can't remember. What was what was Bacula? Uh, the, well, I was mentioned Bacula. It's and what's one. the, what's the and defiance? No one knows. No, no one remembers because it's so it's so hard. Uh, it's it's like, NX. I know that for the defiance. It's, it's NX NCC. seven four something or other. Yes. Um, Both versions of the defiance. Not the original version of the Defiant. The original Defiant had what? Annex? The NCC 1764. 74205. I stand 74205. corrected. I stand corrected. 74205. Yeah. Why not just make it four? I don't know. 74205. Don't make it a good number. Why not give it the same registry as the Defiant from the original series? That would have been cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's maybe why they had to make it NX and not NCC because they would have, they should have made it the NCC defiant you know or, you know the, the the A or whatever yeah that would have been cool if they had done that uh that, and that was the only good episode of Enterprise was that mirror thing with the defiant mm -hmm. moving on yep. um the uh, half of the erstwhile regulars of DS9 Jake Cisco. Bashir, Odo, and Quark do not appear in this episode. So half the, the main cast. And um, there was Julian Nixon, who we mentioned earlier, who played Cassandra, also played Ensign Leanne Sue on the Enterprise D in Star Trek The Next Generation. She's, yep. She was all right. She's Star Trek alum. This takes place in 2370. Okay. It was the wild 70s. Cisco begins his station log while aboard a runabout, which is first time ever. For yeah, him. why was he given a station log from oh, a station runabout? log? You're right. It you're didn't right. make sense. It should no, have been commander log or personal log. Eight, personal or you, can, you can tell that too many people wrote this script. <laughs> you know, too many people fucked it up. 
Um, a script for this episode was sold on an online auction. In a deleted or unfilmed part of this scene where Cisco and O'Brien confront Alexis with their evidence, Alexis mentions that she met a quantum physicist at the Delta-6 station who had been investigating the effect of radiation on elect electromagnetic flow, giving her the idea for the duonetic field. We, you know, we kept calling it a dampening field, but it was you know, actually a duonetic field. Did you know that the Rio Grande is the only runabout that survived the entire series? Yeah, because every other one got They blown blow up, up one a week uh, eventually, but like, no, the Rio Grande makes it all the way to the end of the show. Well, and yet it's a ship yeah. no one thinks of. Yeah. And not even the yeah, and the Defiant doesn't even make it to the end because it comes back, but it, you know. No, the Defiant doesn't even make it through the show. <laughs> so they get a new one. Just name it the same thing. What was what was the new Defiance old name? Sao Paulo. The Sao Paulo. Yeah, I knew it was like something in Spanish. Um, okay, well that's it for uh, the fun facts. Fun facts. Okay. Great. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Well, let's get to the ratings. 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 We call it ratings. Ratings. Okay. So. Um, Paradise. Uh, Ashley and Kevin are not here, so uh, let's start with Jamil. Um, I'm gonna give it a 6.5. Um, the reason for that is even though pieces of this episode are actually well performed, there's still a lot of nonsensical business that just makes it a really hard watch. Yep, uh, Jeff, I'm a 4.8. Oof. Um, I'm gonna give it like a five and a half. Okay. So it's okay, um, but I don't need to watch it ever again. So it has a six point seven uh, on IMDb. Between the three of us tonight, it is a five point six. That's pretty low. That is below average, and uh, it is a it averages out at six point two combined. Um, yeah, this is a kind of it's not the worst episode this season. But if you look at the overall our overall average for the entire um show so far, we're only at a 6.4. Not great. Um that's so we know there's good better stuff to come, but sometimes uh you know, every time we knock off another season 2 episode, I'm kind of like another one bites the dust. Just have to you know? get to the just get no. to the mud. Just get to the mud. It's episode 15. So what do we got? Like 10 more episodes of season two? Like <laughs> what, what do we got? Season three, I, I do feel like things really do pick up in season three, but this is really we are at kind of the halfway point here in season two. Um we are going to be going to an episode called Shadow Play next. Like Shadow Which, Puppets. Shadow Play. Oh, I remember Shadow Play. Uh, okay, with the uh the the hologram town. So check that out uh, next week, next um, Wednesday, Jeff, right? Yes, next Wednesday. What, for what? Sorry. This podcast, DC Space Nine, Shadowplay. Yeah. Yeah, the Shadowplay next Tuesday. Season 2, episode 16. We got to just keep trucking through, get through, through the mud of season 2 so we can <laughs> I finally... Or I heard someone say this. So we can finally get through some of these like dollar episodes and you know like the uh, 
the, every show needs to find its way, and uh, and, and you know there are good things in every episode, no matter what. Yeah. So tomorrow, Dave, uh, we have a original series TED episode, uh, Ted, Ted Trek series. Ted yeah, Trek. Ted Trek tomorrow. We're going to be watching the Ultimate Computer. Okay. So, uh, Thursday. So I'm going to be excited to check that out. The Ultimate Computer. Okay. So we got that. Okay. And then Thursday, you have the Star Trek Discovery uh, Circle Jerk. Uh, over on Live Long yep. Podcast, yeah, Circle uh, Jerk with me and Michael and Adam on Thursdays. Uh, we uh, we is uh, we found out. Guess what? There's even more episodes of Discovery this season than we thought. We thought there was only gonna be ten. It turned out there was thirteen. Ooh, so more, like, more. It, it was Christmas came early. Uh, over on the Star Trek Discovery Thursday nights. Uh, Jeff, a lot of exciting things happening over there. Disco, disco. Yeah, disco. Yeah, <laughs> uh, talking about registry numbers. Ten thirty one A now. Yeah uh it's a, it's a thing so why did they have a new ship they got it's they got a uh a refit basically so a refit or a new ship no refit so how do you how do you rebrand it it's not the same, it's the same ship they changed it so much it's basically a new ship they, yeah so, they have to, uh, they uh, it. yeah so it's 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 pretty cool now uh a whole new ship um sort of and uh and and a whole new show really so check out star trek discovery we're going to be going into a two-parter this week the first of a two-parter this will be the um first time they've done a two-part of the season and uh on on, on the on the weekends we'll be finishing up the first season of star trek radio theater when we're going to be doing uh star trek for the voyage home um, yes jamil playing the federation president and dr nichols jeff playing Commander Pevel Chekhov and Admiral Cartwright. I'm going to be playing the Klingon ambassador uh, who says, James T. Kirk, renegade and terrorist. That's right. Have and you been practicing? I'm, oh, yeah, man. I got to bring, we have to bring it for this one. So check that out live on Saturday night, December 12th, 2020 at 9 p.m. as we're going to be uh, bringing a whole, our first movie to life. And, and I think I have to get the sound going. I think it might kill me. Uh, so check that all out, and uh, and, um, and and our D Space Nine one, of course, here, and our other channels, Trivial Debates, Jeff, and uh, well, and, the yeah, you started that sentence with so much conviction and passion, and it just kind of died off. Where are the nuclear vessels in Alameda? Right. <laughs> yes, I said that. Bates and Super Mater Brothers podcasting are other the two channels where we do some great podcasts about a whole bunch of great fun stuff, including uh, arguing about movies, sports, TV, and more, and uh, talk about other shows not Star Trek related. So check those out. I do not know your name. I do not know your name. All right. I don't know your name. And uh, Jamil, you're in that scene. You get to go. Uh, I think he's a Rusky, and I go. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Of course, he's a Rusky. Oh, I got a prep. I got a prep. I'm so excited though. Commander, Commander Pepper Chikov. But wait, wait, hold on. Uh, Dave, can you play that clip again? Um, uh, James T. James T. Kirk, renegade and terrorist. I love that. James I'm... T. Kirk, renegade and terrorist. James T. Kirk, renegade and terrorist. Love it. I'm ready. My body is ready. And you're you're in that scene too with the Federation president. I'm excited to bring that to life. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. So uh, check that out uh, as we wrap up season one Star Trek Radio Theater. So Jeff, take us away.
Okay. Uh, join us next week for Shadow Play uh, for all of us here at the Live Long and Podcast. Jamil Robinson, Dave Mater, Jeff Mater. We say Live Long and Podcast and keep on keeping on. Oh, thank you.